Our scripture today comes from Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle, and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. It's the word of God for the people of God. We notice what Jesus does in this story. He has his disciples there and he says, okay, guys, go into this next town and there you're going to find this donkey with a colt and I want you to get it and bring it to me. And so they go and they do that. They bring it to Jesus and Jesus gets on it and he rides into Jerusalem. He's going slowly, stately. And as he's going in, he allows the crowds to say some things about him. They say, Hosanna, which is a Hebrew way of saying, save us, save us, help. Son of David. Looking back to David, the great king of Israel. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Recognizing that this man, this man sitting on the donkey, was not just a guy coming in his own name. Not just somebody who came because it seemed like a good idea. But it's somebody who was coming in the name of the Lord. Jesus could have entered Jerusalem quietly. He could have come privately. He does that later during the week. He slips into town. He slips out of town. But this time he does it publicly. And he gives people a clear chance to respond. Some, it appears, did respond clearly. They give him great honor. They interrupted their day. They, went about, they were going about their work and then there's Jesus. They stop what they're doing. And they come out to join him. Some lay their cloaks on the ground in front of him. Some give him time. Some give him attention. Some give him shouts of praise. As we read the Old Testament, we can see that they're acting out here what we read in, in Psalm 118. We read there, starting in verse 15, Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of righteousness. 
I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. There's Hosanna. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us with boughs in his hand. That's what the children did. Join in festal procession up to the horns of the altar. So we see this enactment of Psalm 118 on this first Palm Sunday as Jesus enters Jerusalem. But we also get the idea that it's not a majority of the town that's there. It's, it's a crowd, but it's not everybody. Some other people come up and say, who is this guy? And get a plain answer. Uh, it's Jesus. That's, that's his name. This guy is a guy named Jesus. And maybe they said some of the history they've heard. Oh, he, he went and taught people. He did some miracles. He fed 5,000. He healed the blind. It's Jesus. And it's not just Jesus. It's Jesus the prophet. Jesus, the one who was sent by God to speak his word into our situation, to give us life through God's word. It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. He's not from around here. He's from up north in one of those little bitty towns. Those towns maybe you haven't heard of. Not a local guy. So the crowds praise him. Other crowds wonder what's going on. By the end of the week, yet another crowd is shouting, crucify him. The people today on this first Palm Sunday, they have some excitement. They have some knowledge. They have some curiosity. And they get some things right. The personal details, they, they get right that it's Jesus of Nazareth. They, they get right that he's a prophet, one who speaks God's word. Now, we don't often think about Jesus as being a prophet. We, we think other things of him, but, but a prophet? But it's worth acknowledging today that Jesus is a prophet. Jesus does speak God's word into our lives at the point of our need. He speaks God's word to interpret what's going on so we can understand where we are and what's happening. And it's good for us to receive his words as the words of a prophet. But that's not all the truth there is about him. And it's not the truth that explains what he's doing that day. What we see Jesus doing as he enters Jerusalem here in Matthew 21 is he's coming as king as the rightful king, as the one who's challenging the Jerusalem establishment. He's challenging the religious establishment of the day. He's challenging the political establishment. And he's challenging Rome. 
not challenging him with the army. If you looked at the crowds that were following him, his crowds of disciples, they didn't look like an army. They didn't look like special forces. There weren't tough guys in his entourage who were heavily armed. We don't see this Jesus, this king, using the way of power, the way of power they'd expect a Messiah to use. We see Jesus challenging them with two things. Jesus challenges them with his words, with what he says, the words of a prophet. But he challenges them also with his presence, the presence of the rightful king. None of the authorities there in Jerusalem liked being challenged. Herod, his family, they wouldn't take any challenge. Herod the Great, who had, was the king when Jesus was born, he was as happy to kill his sons if he saw them as a threat. Caesar, Caesar, if you threaten Caesar, he'd kill you some way or another. None of these authorities would tolerate being challenged. By the end of the week, they'd take this Jesus and nail him to a piece of wood, thinking they were putting him in his place. And they'd hang him up and show all the world, you think this guy's a prophet? This guy thinks he's a king? Look what he is. He's a loser. He's a failure. And you can take this as a warning to anybody else who wants to cross us. By the time Friday comes along, the crowds had left him. By the time Friday comes along, his friends had left him. Only a few no-account women were left. Now, I know we have trouble hearing that today, talking about women as no-account. That's how they were in those days. They had no say, no power, no authority. Nobody looked up to them. And yet they were, there they were, weeping at the foot of the cross of Jesus, watching him die. When we look at these events, the events of the week that start Jesus' entry to Jerusalem, what can we make of them? First question that comes to us is, do we reckon Jesus to be a prophet, a speaker of God's word? And when we, if we were to do that, would we reckon him to be speaking not just the truth that we can take or leave? Oh yeah, that's, that's factual, but it doesn't matter to me. Or do we take it as, oh yeah, here's the Savior coming. He's offering us an escape plan so that when we die, we can go to heaven? Or do we take him as the prophet who speaks God's truth into our lives right now? Right now, where we need to hear it. Not just a word for later on, but a word for now. Are we today willing to hear Jesus speak his word into our lives? There's a second question. Do we reckon Jesus to be the king? Not just a religious figure. Everybody knows Jesus is a religious figure. He's the, he's the founder, we say, of the religion we call Christianity. Christianity. 
We look at him maybe as a wise man, maybe somebody who was kind, somebody who had the little children come and sit in his lap. But are we willing today to look at him as king, as the one who has authority in our lives, the one who has authority for the way we live and the way we live together? Are we willing for Jesus to be king in our lives and in our church? Third, are we willing to take up his ways? Are we willing to do what he does as he enters Jerusalem and set aside the way of power, the way of force, the way of making things happen? Are we willing to come in quietly, meekly, without the performative bluster that we expect of kings, maybe? Such as Peter had? Remember when Jesus is with the disciples just a few nights later, he says, y'all are going to betray me. You can all run away. And Peter stands up and says, I'm never going to betray you, Jesus. Jesus said before the night's out, you're going to deny me three times. Oh, no, I'd never do that. We put up a lot of bluster sometimes. But are we willing to take up Jesus' ways? And a final question for us today. Are we willing to cry, Hosanna? Are we willing to cry out to God and say, Lord, look at my life. You see my need. You see the depth of my need. You see my sin. You see my brokenness. Hosanna. Step in and deliver me. Step in and save me. Or it might be we're looking a little broader. Lord, you see our sin. You see our brokenness. You see the way of the world, the way things are falling apart. You see how the evil one looks like he's winning and laughing at us all the time. We're willing in the midst of all this to say, Hosanna, save us, Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today. For Jesus, Jesus the prophet who speaks your word into our lives, into our situations. Help us to hear him. And Lord, I, I thank you for Jesus, the king, the rightful king, the one who has authority over my life, over our life, over his church, over his world. Help us submit to that authority. And Lord, help us today submit to Jesus, the priest, the great high priest, who gave an offering for our sin, for our brokenness, for our lostness, the offering of his very life. Thank you today for your gift of Jesus. Amen.